This is episode 31 of the Landscape Photography Show, and on today's podcast, we have a special guest. Her name is Nikki Freitas, and we actually interviewed Nikki's husband last week on the podcast, or episode 30, and I was interested to talk to Nikki this week about some of the same questions that we asked David, but getting her perspective on things, because everybody has a little bit different of an outlook on landscape photography and what it pertains to composition and and constructing a photograph and in-field workflows. So I was extremely interested to talk to Nikki about those things and also just about how she reflects on the journey in landscape photography that she's had through a creative background, an outdoorsy background, and also a background in fashion that's helped her develop a creative eye too. The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're here with Nikki Freitas. Nikki, uh, the first thing that I wanted to ask you was, was how many people call you Nikki Freitas? <laughs> So many, but you would be surprised that most people don't even say freights. They say frates, freighties, frates, fartis, all of it. I mean, it's okay. like, it's pretty intense. Like no one can get my last name right. And I'm okay with that. So they go like international pronunciation <laughs> over your classic, like English American style. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Okay, how many people are surprised that you're a landscape photographer and not a portrait or wedding photographer? I a lot. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I live in LA and um, I do a lot of LA things. And so I think people, when they see you or when they meet you, they put you in a mold or they think that you're a certain way. And I, I was born and raised on a farm in Oregon in the middle of nowhere. There was 40 people in my town. And I grew up as an only child fly fishing in our pond like every day with my dad. So I am like as country as they come. You might not think that from looking at me, but I literally am as country as they come. You don't think of Oregon people being country? I No, I'm, I'm, I 100% think of Oregon people as being country. I literally grew up riding my horse to school. I was, I did barrel racing. I did equestrian shows. I was such a country hick girl. And then I somehow got into fashion and moved to LA. So I'm like, I don't feel like I fit in here in the slightest, even though I love the city, but you know, that's where my love of nature all started. Well, how did you break into photography? You know, I have always had a very emotional connection with nature and it started when I was a little kid. I, my dad is a um, nature photographer, landscape photographer. He's amazing. And he really wanted to raise me on a farm kind of in the middle of nowhere so that he could go outside and take pictures at any time that he wanted. That was sort of the mythology of where we live. And growing up, he would take me on these trips and we would go backpacking and fishing. And we would, I mean, really crazy trips to be going on as a little girl. I can remember when I was eight years old going on backpacking trips with him in the middle of nowhere and getting caught in crazy thunder and lightning storms. And he had me climbing mountains when I was a little kid. 
So my love of nature grew, started to grow when I was a child. And I always watched him and his craft because he's amazing. And he was such an inspiration. So growing up, I loved photography, but I was very afraid of it. I was, I had a lot of fear around it because he's so good at it and I kind of didn't want to fail. So I, you know, I didn't actually pick up a camera for real until I want to say five years ago. It took me a really long time and it was a lot to get through in terms of working through the fear of it. And then once I picked up the camera and started learning, he taught me a lot. I did a lot of looking, you know, looking at videos and, you know, I have a lot of different photographers that I look up to and it was a lot of self teaching of myself. Um, but once I, once I got into it five years ago, it was like full steam ahead. There's no turning back because I'm obsessed with it. Where do you think that fear came in? I don't know exactly. I think because my dad was so good at what he did, I didn't want to, you know, kind of mess up the legacy. And I, I'm a really creative person and I'm very hard on myself at the same time, which is a hard combination um, because that definitely inhibits your creativity. So instead of getting into photography, I got into fashion and that was a way of me kind of releasing this creative monster that I have inside of me. And, you know, after, you know, so many years working in fashion, it was just not fulfilling anymore. It was like, I, I want, I when when I go on trips with my dad and growing up and still and living in LA and going on these trips, I visit the most beautiful places in the world. And I have such a deep emotional connection with these places. I knew that I needed to learn how to capture them so that I can inspire other people. That was like my main goal with getting into it. I just think that I had so much fear in kind of living up to what my dad had already done that I didn't, I didn't want to fail and I didn't want to lead people in the wrong direction. I didn't want, I, I'm, it was just, it was definitely a hurdle I had to kind of get through in order to make that initial leap into it. Did that fear kind of lead to a lack of confidence? I think maybe, uh, I think, um, in the beginning I didn't really, I mean, obviously every photographer would say this, but I didn't have a style. I didn't have a voice. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to photograph nature and make it look as beautiful as how I felt when I was standing there taking the picture. So I, it was, you know, it took a couple of years for me to get into kind of how, you know, what my style was. And so I think that in the beginning, each, every photographer probably as they're learning is lacking in confidence. And as soon as I realized what my artistic vision was, it was like, okay, there's, there's no turning back here. Like, this is what I'm doing. And this is, you know, I was, I'm constantly inspired by being outside. It's just like, that is what drives me to continue going. Now we've mentioned your dad, uh, a couple times now, his name is Dennis Freitas. Um, how did he shape kind of who you are as a person and as a photographer? My, my parents are such humble, like country people. They, my dad makes a lot of money from photography, but you would never know it. They, they just, they live simple, hippie, humble lives. And so <laughs> that is, that is how I grew up. They really are. They're, they're just hippie Oregon people. And I love that. And that's like my entire childhood. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where the foundation started. And my dad, I mean, even when I'm out photographing with my dad, someone will ask him, oh, are you a professional? And he'll just say, no, I just do this as a hobby. He's literally zero ego, zero any of that. And I, you know, I growing up around that, 
was so inspiring to me. And obviously my dad would take me, you know, on all these trips and I would get so inspired just being out in nature with him that that, that really was the foundation of like where all of this started. I, I do think it's timely to mention your husband, David Dinette. We had him on and we talked to him last week um, on the podcast. But yeah. I, I wanted to talk with you a lot about kind of the same questions that I asked him about, you know, what's it like being in a marriage where when you go on a photography trip, not only are you going for leisure for the two of you, but you're also going for creative outlet like what's the balance there of in in field work and kind of working together to get to locations you know it's crazy because i would say the pros are 99% the cons are 1% i'm blessed mm-hmm. to be in a marriage and with a person that has the same vision and views that i do we're able to go on trips and agree on locations because we want to shoot the same things The beauty in that is that we don't compete with one another. We have very different artistic visions in general. And the way I edit and process is very different than the way he will edit and process. So there's never competition between us. We are always helping one another. And the biggest pro in that is that we, you know, two minds are always better than one. And there are so many times where we're on a location, we're shooting a sunset or a sunrise or something dramatic is happening with the light. And we're constantly yelling out to one another technical things or, you know, Oh, this composition is better than where you're at. Come over and try this. That is what, what, like that is how we are in nature together, which is amazing to be able to share that with your significant other. I would say the only con of photographing with your significant other or spouse partner is for us, we're so passionate about photography that when we get to a location, if we're getting skunked because of the weather, for example, we went to Iceland last year or two years ago and it was raining for the first four days. Like we couldn't even get outside. And there was so much like tension and there's so much passion there for getting the shot that that can cause some stress in the relationship. But in general, it's amazing working with your significant other and I'm very blessed and have so much gratitude in that we can go on these trips together and experience this together as a couple. Even if you do have stress though, do you think it's better to have that under mutually understood stress and angst that's going on so that you don't, you know, like completely blow a gasket in the moment? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's like we both get it. You know, when we were, when we go on a location and we get skunked for whatever reason, we both understand it. And that might cause some tension in the moment and that might cause like an argument or whatever, but we both understand it. And so we're constantly on the same page with photography, which is interesting because we have a totally different approach to photography in general. So it's like, we're on one hand working together to create images. And on the other, we have a different vision of that. So there's never like, there's never competition or there's never resentment between us with photography in general. Yeah. Dive deeper into that for me. Like how does your approach to photography differ? You know, I would say, I would say just in a nutshell that Dave is definitely more of a realist. Um, He wants to really show how the landscape looked exactly how it looked. 
for me, I have a little bit more of an emotional connection with the landscape and I want to portray how I felt when I was standing there taking the picture. So if, for example, we're in Patagonia and we're in the middle of a giant windstorm and there's no, you know, like, and, and, and I'm, and I'm not capturing the type of image that I want in order to get the feeling across that I was, that I felt when I was standing there, I might, you know, blend multiple pictures together and do compositing and that type of work. Whereas he's more of like a realist approach. Hmm. So with composites, have you seen any of like backlash on social media about photo creation versus realism? I haven't personally, but I've seen a lot of it out there. I think if you're just honest in what you're doing, then that's really all you can do. I think that there's space in the market for composites and there's space in the market for realist. And as long as you're honest in the process, then it's, I mean, I don't, uh, photography is art. And who are we to judge another person's art? No one's, you know, you know, I, I understand both sides of the argument and I have, you know, I have a line where I don't cross, like I don't add, a tree that I'm seeing in Patagonia in a landscape in Iceland. Like I'm not going to do crazy stuff, but for me, it's about, it's about portraying the emotion and the feeling that I get when I'm there taking the photo. So that's kind of what I strive to do, but I'm not one to judge anybody in how they edit or process. And I haven't personally seen that myself because I'm just always very transparent with, with my editing process. If someone asks me, I'm just very honest about it. Are you being transparent in like when you post it or when somebody asks about it? When someone asks about it, um, like I'm not like, I don't really post about like how I took the picture or post like the settings of my camera. I don't really use social media that way. But if, if anybody asks in comments or direct messages or whatever, I'm going to be completely honest. And that's, I think, that's, I think all you can do as a photographer. Cause again, like I said, like uh, if I, if I could, if I was a, if I could paint, I would rather paint than do photography, to be honest with you. I love art. And for me, it's an emotional connection with the need with nature. And it's, you know, the feeling that I want to kind of get out in my work and however I need to do that, I need to do it. So I'm always, if someone asks me, I'm always very honest with how I, how I approach editing. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Like when you are editing your images, are there techniques you're using within that edit to bring out certain aspects of the image to really convey an emotion? Yeah. I mean, I, I, for one, I always start with like, I have a full-time job in fashion. And so for mm -hmm. me, I don't get out and photograph that much. I feel like very much a newbie in the industry because I call myself a weekend warrior. I only have like a couple of days to go out and kind of make stuff happen. So, you know, it starts with, it starts with really being really researching what I want to photograph. So if it's wildflowers, knowing the best time to go there, knowing peak conditions, and then really tracking the weather and making sure we're going at peak, you know, like where there's a weather event. I love chasing storms, whether it's a thunder and lightning storm, a rainstorm, snowstorm, Storms are my thing. So it's, I mean, any landscape photographer would say that, obviously. So it's really being diligent and making sure I utilize the time I'm out in the field very um, strategically. And then once I'm there, it's, um, you know, it's, I'm sorry, I forgot your question. I'm like totally blanking. No, <laughs> like I, I was just asking, 
after you do photograph that in the field and you get back into post-processing, how are you conveying that? Yeah. And so, okay. So it starts with really being like strategic and what I am photographing and when I'm going out. And then when I'm actually, you know, editing, I, I mean, I do a lot of different things with my photos and I don't have there. I definitely don't have a systematic approach. I'm much more creative than I am technical. I sometimes forget what camera I shoot with and what lenses I shoot with. I know that sounds crazy to the majority of people listening to this, but I, I literally just like see it with my mind and then try to create it. Um, so I do a lot of work in Photoshop. I do a lot of blending of images. Um, I, I do add skies occasionally and I do a lot of dodging and burning and that type of thing to kind of enhance light. But I don't have a set way in which I edit my photos. It's really about, I mean, obviously any photographer would say it's about each photograph is so different and unique from another. So there is no systematic approach, but I'm definitely more on the side of like, creative, not technical. And I sort of see it in my mind and then scramble to try to figure out how I want to get there. There's definitely not a systematic approach. A lot of photographers that I've talked to who have such a strong emotional connection to the infield work struggle with their post-processing because they are so connected to it that they don't want to mess it up. And I even, I don't know if, if his vision of this was exactly the same as how I just described, but I talked to Alex Noriego a while ago and he said, whenever he has to edit an image, he has to disconnect from it emotionally. Do you see kind of the same thing with your workflow? Absolutely. I, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've photographed in a sunset, sunrise, some crazy light event, some storm, and I literally burst out into tears in the field because it's so emotional for me to be there. I just have such a strong connection. And so when I get back into, you know, when I get home and I'm actually starting to edit, it's really hard for me to kind of pick up that photograph and start editing it. It takes me a while. I have to sit on an image for at least a couple of weeks. I'm not one to be able to go out, shoot something and 12 hours later, edit it and it's done. There's no way. I would have to take at least two weeks to kind of marinate about what it is that I saw and what it is I want to portray and how I want to take that photograph. And then it takes me a really long time in editing. I I mean, I have to constantly edit for an hour, come back, look at it the next day, come back, look at it the next week. Sometimes I'll even take a couple of months to edit because, you know, having a fresh set of eyes is so important. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the field and thought, wow, this is the best photograph I've ever taken. I get back on the computer and it's crap. Then vice versa. I think something's horrible and I get back and I can make magic happen. So it's like, I take a really long time in my editing process. And a lot of that is kind of editing. I I like to nudge my photos in the direction that I want to go. It's constantly nudging, nudging, and then taking a step back and letting your eyes rest for a day or two or a week, and then coming back and nudging it some more. So it's definitely, you know, because I have such an emotional connection with nature, I think it does limit, not limit, but it, um, it, it definitely is challenging in post-processing because it's, I, I have to disconnect from what I saw and how I felt for a minute to figure out what I even want to do with the image. It's very, it's definitely challenging. Is it exhausting? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it is exhausting, but I absolutely love it. The feeling that you get when you're, you know, in post-processing and you're editing a photo and you're like, wow, you, and you, and you're taking it in the direction that you want to go. That's like nothing else I can explain. It's just such an amazing feeling because it feels like you're back in nature and you're back in that moment that you, you know, when you captured the photo. Hey, I just want to pause real quick and talk about today's sponsor for the podcast, and that's visualwilderness.com. You can go to visualwilderness.com right now and get tons of information to really improve your photography tenfold and get a lot out of the tutorials, the articles, the courses that are on there. I'm a contributor to that site right now, and you can get my courses for 33% off for a limited time using the code david 33 during checkout. If you want the codes and the links to all of that information, you can go to davidjohnstonart.com slash podcast and click on today's show or any of the shows and find those links at the bottom of the page. So go check those out. Again, 33% off for a limited time when you use the code david33 during checkout on visualwilderness.com. Let's get back to the show. On the same note, is it easy for you in the constant work to like get better? I feel like all landscape photographers just want to get better. That's all they want to do all the time. Yeah. Is it is it easy for you or difficult for you to self-critique your images? I would say it's easy for me to self-critique, um, but I, I tend to like, my process is this, I take a photo in and I love it. And then I start editing it and then I hate it. And then I start editing it some more and I start to like it some more. And it's like this roller coaster, right? And then I finally come up with a finished product. So whether that product takes a week, a day, well, never really takes a day, whether it takes a week, a month or whatever, once I actually finalize an image, I tend to really love it. And then six months go by and I go back and look at it and I'm like, well, I should have done that differently. So I, you know, I, I'll go back. I'm constantly going back and kind of re-editing. I don't think you're ever done editing. Um, but I think for me, it's, it's kind of easy to self-critique my own photographs if I can allow a lot of time and like I rest my eyes in between edits, if that makes sense. Is a self-critique process different when you are in the field and you have that strong connection? What do you mean? Like, I, I mean, I think, you know, I, when I'm in the field and I'm at, and I'm seeing something with my own eyes, I think it's very difficult for me to initially start editing a photo because I just don't know which way I want to take the photograph, like what kind of color balance I want to use or or if I want to make it a dark moody photograph or if I want to make it, you know, like something light and more airy. So it takes me a really long time when I see the actual, when I'm in the field then versus when I get back to the computer and I'm actually editing. Yeah, that exactly answered my question. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nikki, I want to change gears a little bit. Um, and, and I want to talk about women in landscape photography. Um, because it seems to me like there's a little bit of a stigma attached to it. And that is that what we, what I asked you at the very beginning of, you know, how many people are surprised you're not a portrait or wedding photographer? Like, do you find that there's that stigma attached? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny. I don't really let it affect me 
but I, mm-hmm. I see, I don't, I, I really don't let it affect me, but I see it constantly. And I mean, just to, to give an example, if you look at my Instagram and you look at comments on my Instagram on photos, every single photo I post, I would say between two and 10 people are like, cool image, bro. That's amazing, man. Like they immediately, think, <laughs> they immediately think that I'm a guy. And it's funny. It's like, it's literally become a joke between my friends. It's like, you know, that's just, it's just, it's a very male dominated industry. It just is. Um, and I like to go to the extremes in capturing photos. Like I love backpacking. I'll go 30 miles, climb a mountain with ice picks to get a photograph and I'll do it with acrylic nails on. And, you know, like I don't, it it is what it is. Like I am who I am and I don't care what other people think about that, but it's just funny being in the field and like meeting other people that are out because there definitely is, you know, it is definitely very much a male dominated industry. And um, it's so, and it's fine because I don't, I really don't let it affect me at all. It, it, it has literally zero effect on, on my work and, and how I view photography. It's just an interesting thing to witness. Well, there are so many women who are amazing photographers right now. And I, I do you think we're coming out of this period of, of gender stigmas in photography? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I really do. I mean, I can, I can think of so many amazing landscape photographers that are women. And I think that, um, I think that it's just, it's definitely changing. I think 20 years ago was very different. Um, 10 years ago was very different. I think I, I keep seeing more and more women emerging as landscape photographers. I even are, I'm seeing workshops available that are just all women workshops. And that was not anything I saw a couple of years ago, even. So I definitely think the gap is closing for sure. Do you see yourself as an ambassador for women in photography? I would love to. Yeah. I mean, I would love to, I haven't, I haven't gotten into the workshop arena yet. I haven't, I, I haven't really done a lot with it because I'm so new at it and I don't have a lot of time to invest in it or I haven't yet, but absolutely could see myself as an ambassador for women and running workshops for women and, you know, all of it. There's, I feel like I'm just sort of scratching the surface with it right now. And I have so many different ways in which I want to take it. So yeah, absolutely. Your background in fashion, uh, we briefly mentioned it earlier. How has that helped you in photography? I think, you know, in fashion, I have majority of my career in fashion has been in product development and in kind of designing and creating a collection. And I, that's kind of how I view photography. So when I'm at work in fashion, I have to create a collection, let's say for holiday, and I have to develop into 20 styles and I have to make them all kind of look the same and kind of have the same style and work together and, uh, you know, on the floor for merchandising purposes. And in photography, it's the same thing. So if I, if I take a 10 day trip to Patagonia, I am, I want to, I think of photography as kind of creating a collection of that trip or that event. And so I'm think my mind kind of goes into merchandising that, and it's helped me in photography to develop my style maybe more quickly than the another person that's not in fashion because in in fashion you have to really have 
a voice and a strong, you know, style that you're speaking to your customer and the customer wants the same look and feel, even though each garment is different. And in photography, it's the same thing. It's like, I want someone to look at one of my images and know that's my image because it's like my stamp on it. So from the very beginning, I was very much kind of trying to figure that out because I knew that's kind of the direction that I wanted to go. I wanted to be able to create like a unique voice and kind of collection in my work. What's the next level for you though, in your photography progression? Well, so far I've just been so into kind of this grand iconic landscapes because I'm so new at it. That's what's the most exciting, but there's so much more I want to get into. I want to get into more intimate scenes. I want to start doing more workshops. I want to not more. I want to start doing workshops. I want to teach. I love teaching people. And, you know, something that I, I, in, in fashion, I am sort of like a mentor to a lot of different new people in the industry. And I've, it's sort of like a side project that I've been doing in fashion. And that definitely translate and in, translates into photography. I want to start teaching. I want to start, you know, um, just sharing my knowledge and inspiring other new photographers. That's the next step for me, for sure. Yeah. What is that teaching? Like when you are teaching, what lights up inside of you? I think for me, it's about seeing that spark in someone else and getting them inspired to kind of get off their couch and get outside and create their own unique art. So for me, it's, the the teaching people I haven't actually done this yet only with a few friends but what gets me going is seeing that spark in them and seeing that they're so excited to be out on a location and they're so excited to learn different editing techniques and then they create their own artistic vision that that process from beginning to end to me is the most exciting because you're really witnessing it's like it's like I'm reliving my own journey you know Yeah, for sure. Like when you start to think about workshops, like, do you think that your experience in the fashion industry gives you an upper hand in that kind of understanding maybe business a little bit better paired with creativity? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it, you know, in fashion, I'm running a multi-million dollar a year business and I'm having to think about all aspects from in-store visual to planning, budget, buying, design, all of it. So in photography, my mind automatically goes to all these different avenues and things that we need to think about. So I think that will definitely give me an upper hand in terms of when I start the workshops, because I have a really great foundation in terms of just basic business sense and strategy. And then also the creative, which is what I kind of always lean towards is that I'm much better at creativity than I am the technical side of it. I think that's where I'll probably struggle with that because people ask me all the time, technical questions. I honestly, like half of the time don't even know the answer because I just do things. I do what it looks good. I don't have like any sort of systematic approach. So I think that's where I'll need to focus more on when I actually start teaching is the technical side of photography and how to explain what goes on in my mind to someone else. That has to be freeing though, to feel that way of that. There's not always an exact answer. Yeah, I think so. And I think maybe people that are so technical get hung up and that 
on the technical piece of it, that it limits and inhibits their creativity for sure. I mean, there's pros and cons to each way of thinking. Um, but for me, it's like the, how I approach a scene or a photograph is, or how I want to edit is I say like, okay, well, how I, how do I want to take it? This is, and once I determine how I want to take a photograph, it's like, okay, what are the tools that I need in order to make it look the way I want it to look? So it's like constantly like thinking about this is what my vision is. This is what my mind is saying. And then sort of backtracking and understanding technically what it is I need to do. Cause I never really know. I just, I'm like, how do I make it look like that again? And I just sort of start playing around with it and it somehow works. <laughs> it's not a yeah, very for, much not a systematic approach. Yeah, exactly. And Nikki, I wanted to ask you too of your experiencing backpacking and, and going mm -hmm. out on these, long trips of going yeah. somewhere what what kind of advantage does that give you of, of capturing the images that you want to create well i think backpacking is hard for anyone that doesn't do it it's difficult when you're carrying 30 pounds of camera equipment and tents and all this crap it is it is definitely physically difficult and so because of that not a lot of people not a lot of professional landscape photographers are carrying in gear and actually backpacking a lot of, you know, it definitely it's physically difficult. So I think the main advantage of that is seeing scenes and, and getting to places that are so untouched and so raw and not photographed at all. I've, I've been to places I feel like in the Eastern Sierras that I don't even know if anybody's been, I mean, has anybody, I mean, I'm sure that they've been there, but it's like, that's what drives me is to try to find these places in the backcountry that are so untouched and um, where you're not seeing a million of the same images of the scene. That's it's 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 such an amazing experience just to like go 30 miles in the backcountry and be rounding the corner and you just see this beautiful lake that you've never even seen anywhere before. It's definitely an amazing experience. One of the things that I'm asking people during what we're going through right now and while we're while we are recording, um, if I could actually talk for a second, um, <laughs> the coronavirus is spreading across the United States and I feel like it's taking a toll on a lot of photographers. And, and Nikki, I wanted to kind of give you the space and the floor to talk about maybe what you and David are going through um, and kind of maybe share some resources on how to stay creative through the process and how to continue growing as a photographer through the process and maybe new ideas that you can form through that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a difficult, challenging time. And my heart goes out to all the photographers that that are full-time photographers that don't have another source of income. That's a very difficult and challenging time to go through. Um, for us, we're taking it day by day. I think we get out, we try to get out once a month or every other week in nature. And it's hard not being able to do that right now. And so in that we've, you know, I've established a lot of different kind of daily rituals that I'm going through in order to boost my creativity and in keep my mind productive. And number one, I wake up every day and I meditate. And I think that's so important because 
for me personally, I'm a very high energy person. I'm constantly working out. I want to be hiking. I want to be out in nature and not being able to do those things. I have to, I have to kind of hone in that energy and kind of use it in another way. So I always start my day with a morning meditation, which really clears my mind and enables me to kind of understand the direction that I want to take that day. It's again, it's about taking this day by day. So I do the meditation and then that sort of puts me into a creative mind space as to what I want to accomplish. And I'm right now, I'm just focusing on kind of going back through my portfolio and re-editing pictures that maybe need some new work or, um, you know, revisiting images that I initially kind of passed on editing and, um, and trying to continue that creative journey, even though we're not able to get out and do the things that we love. So I would say the number one thing is to kind of clear your headspace so that you can allow that creativity to continue flowing through you. And you're able to, you know, edit, edit each day, if that makes sense, kind of rambling. Sorry. No, that's for sure. That's great advice for everybody listening, kind of going through the same thing. And she is Nikki Freitas. Nikki, thank you so much for coming on and and talking to us about your connection to nature and and kind of what inspires you as a photographer. Thanks so much for having me. You're amazing.